In the holy name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The tradition of the church has held a long and challenging relationship between sickness and sin. The classic text regarding healing in the New Testament, James, appears to make an almost causal relationship between the two. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up, and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. It seems to be rather cut and dry, doesn't it? Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Furthermore, when we consider several of Christ's healing miracles, he also seems to make a connection between sin and sickness. For example, in Luke 5, when the paralytic is brought to Christ through the roof by his friends, Christ's first response to the man is, friend, your sins are forgiven you. Only after the scribes and Pharisees questioned his authority to forgive sins does Christ then follow up with, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, stand up and walk. Again, it would seem that there is a close connection, if not a causal one between sin and sickness. But then, of course, we have the story of the man born blind in John 9. This time, it's Christ's disciples who ask him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, in this case, Christ replies that neither had sinned, but rather the man was born blind, that God's works might be revealed in him. Now, I've done a terrible thing here homiletically. I'm sure the biblical studies faculty would be aghast, and Dr. Hook would chastise me as well. I've completely mixed and matched biblical passages, not only across the synoptic gospels, but I've thrown in the gospel according to John and the epistle of James to boot. Any exegete worth her or his salt knows that you stick with one gospel and let that gospel's writer's voice be heard, right? However, I've done this on purpose to illustrate that the tradition of the church does not speak with one voice on this topic. I could go further and cite patristic and liturgical sources that also give us mixed messages about the relationship between sin and sickness. Now, to make things even more complex, let me throw into the mix my own social location as well. As an openly gay man who grew up in a fundamentalist Christian environment, my natural reaction is to bristle when I start to hear people talk about the relationship between sin and sickness. I heard too many Bible-thumping sermons about how, as a gay man, I am personally responsible for every epidemic known to humanity as well as more than a few natural disasters. I mean, who knew I had that power at my fingertips? Yes, I'll readily admit that often I am tempted to just throw all this sin-causing sickness, hoo-ha, right into the dumpster I label ancient baloney. (laughs) But then I stop. I quiet my heart and seek to listen to the words of Scripture rather than the words of those who misuse Scripture. 
Our first reading from Genesis about the fall reminds us of a fundamental truth. Our world just ain't right. We simply can't deny it. But what do we tend to do as human beings when we realize the world ain't right? While our reading of Genesis ends prematurely today, we know the rest of the story. What does Adam do when the Lord God asks him why he ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? He points to Eve and says, it's her fault. And then what does Eve do right after? She points to the serpent and says, it's his fault. And isn't that also what the disciples were doing in John 9? Whose fault is it, Rabbi? If we can just find the right person, or serpent, to blame, then we'd be able to fix the mess. But Christ reminds us that the blame game will get us nowhere. Our world is full of sin. It's full of dis-ease. Now, I'm not going to suggest that that's all the fault of two mythical beings called Adam and Eve. That's just another version of the blame game. But what Genesis 3 and 4 and 5 and Exodus and Leviticus and the prophets and the gospels and the epistles all teach us is that we are all caught up in a web of sin and suffering. Sometimes, as the psalmist today reminds us, we are personally to blame. After all, we are holistic beings, and the sickness of our souls can affect the sicknesses of our bodies. But also sometimes the blame for sickness and even the death of loved ones is not ours to hold. In the case of acts of violence perpetrated against our loved ones, we could blame others and be very justified in doing so. However, oftentimes, there's no one to blame at all. Maybe our real sin is not so much pride or disobedience or other moral failures. Maybe our real sin as human beings is our tendency to go hide in the bushes when the Lord God is looking for us, our tendency to isolate. Maybe the tradition of the church includes confession as a part of the healing rite, not because the sicknesses we are experiencing is the result of some moral failure on our part, but because we all have a tendency to believe we can handle it on our own, that we've got it all worked out, thank you very much, when we really don't. Perhaps the confession is a confession of our total dependence on God and God's love for us. I won't claim to have all the answers here. The relationship between sin and sickness is a mysterious one, but I'm sure of a couple things. First, I'm quite sure that God is not in heaven waiting to zap our loved ones with illnesses every time we stumble along life's path. I'm also quite certain that God does not send hurricanes to cities because gay folk happen to live in them. But I'm also quite certain that I have a strong tendency to think I've got control of everything. And it's often when I'm sick and weak that I remember my dependence on God and God's love for me. And that confession is good for my soul. Amen.